This episode of Achieving Rally, the podcast, has been brought to you by HorrorPack.com. Do you like movies? Do you like mystery boxes? Now for the biggest question. Do you like horror movies? Yes. Yes, I believe you do. HorrorPack.com has your fix for both. Sign up. And every month you'll get four movies on either DVD or Blu-ray. Unless you sign up for both. Well now, how much is this fantasy of horror? The DVDs are $19.99 a month. The Blu-rays are $24.99 a month. Pretty much a deal right there. Oh, and tell them Larry Greenstein sent you from Achieving Reality, the podcast. Horrorpack.com It's what everyone is dying for. <laughs> then, we'll do it faster. I'm trying. There's where part of the problem comes in. Hey everybody, and welcome to the 264th episode of Achieving Reality, the podcast. Can you believe that? 264 episodes. It's pretty epic, y'all. Just saying. Epic. This week, oh, we review Zima. Something different. We do the top 10 most disgusting shots. Uh, We see how argumentative I am. And we do a Mysteries of the Unexplained. Oh, and a... Meals of the Weird. So, uh, hey, there you go, man. Sounds like it's a good show. So, sit back, relax, and enjoy this episode of Achieving Reality, the podcast. Episode 264. Wow. See ya. <laughs> uh, that would be funny. It's one of those things you get behind somebody. And you just let all the horns, you know, going. That would scare the crap out of the people. You you're know? going 55 in the slow lane. Well, what, would a, what would a cop do, just out of curiosity, if they saw that? Poop mm-hmm. himself and then write you a ticket. For what? Noise ordinance. Ordinance? Yeah. Noise ordinance? Ordinance. Ordinance? Yeah. What? Sounds like they're saying ointment. Yeah, I'm saying. Noise ointment. <laughs> Is that <laughs> What you put on your all your audio wounds, <laughs> noise ointments. Yes, yes, noise ointments. Oh, it hurts so bad. Oh, that's much better. <laughs> so what are we doing? I don't know. Chris. Hey, Chris. Hey, Larry. Hey, hey, hey buddy. <laughs> what are we doing? The uh, podcast. What specifically are we doing? Uh, this podcast. I had to write stuff down. Uh, well, this is our normal useless opener that we usually have that you just kind of pull stuff out of. Oh, okay. So, uh, how was your trip to... To where? Pfeffernoose. What? Up there to go see Albert, our friendly neighborhood junk salesman and actor and uh, disabled veteran and film editor. and I don't have enough time to list everything. (laughs) That'd be its own show. Okay, go. No. (laughs) How was that? So, how was that? Fine. Fine. Did you buy anything? No. No, but he got a he got a painting. That's cool. Yeah, and the commissioned the painting of my dog for my birthday. That's very nice. 
You got it too early. Should have gone up Monday. Oh, good <laughs> I think you really have to work around Albert's schedule, though. Mm, I don't know. What is his schedule? Um, I'm debating over whether or not he knows. <laughs> okay. Okay. Well, well, he seems to get like, oh, I gotta go do a shoot in Savannah. <laughs> I'll be there in three hours. Yeah. No. Especially not from where he is. Though he could just go straight down the coast. It's still going to take more than three hours, though. Well, no. When we had the film festival, he was still at the Relic Recon when we started. Yeah. And he got there before we started showing stuff. Yeah. So, um... That wasn't in Savannah. No. I'm saying Savannah. It's not as far as you would think, because he'd be going straight from there to Savannah, and it's closer that way than it is from here to there. Well, he's still got to get to the coast from where he is. I mean... Then you go diagonal. I'm going to cut through all these little tiny towns. Yeah, and he can do some picking while he's going through. But then it'll take him like 20 hours. No, he's fast. That's what she said. What? Huh? Huh? Uh, huh? I don't know. Uh, what have we done? We did that, and we had dinner at Waffle House, and Ooh. we went home. At mock speed. Gotta get home, gotta get home, gotta get home, gotta get home. Why? Oh, Waffle House dinner. Oh, my God. I had a waffle. Uh, was it an awful waffle? Actually, I had two waffles. Ooh. Well, I had a waffle. Were they pecan waffles? No. No? No. Why would you get pecan waffles? I don't want pecan waffle. I had the one waffle, and Albert finished his. He's like, you know, that waffle looked really good. I think I'm going to have one. I'm like, all right, well, I'll get another one. So we had waffles. All right. Anything else? I don't have anything else. No, no, scattered, smothered, covered, chunk, dip, we'd drizzled. We already had a huge lunch that day, so... Uh, what'd you have for lunch? No idea. Oh, very good. I remember most of everything I ate. Okay. Good for you. But I eat every day, so I got, you know. So do I. I can't keep all that track straight in my head. Yeah. All right, so, uh, cue music. Top 10 yay. Top 10 yay. So, as you hear, it's top, another top 10. Another top 10 yay. This is the top 10 disgusting shots. Shots of what? Alcohol shots. Oh, oh alcohol shots. Okay. Shot in the arm. Shot in the leg. Shot in the head. <laughs> shot in the eye. Ooh. Number one, shot in the ass. <laughs> Number two, shot in the dick. Not in the big toe. <laughs> I don't know if that's disgusting or not. I think it's probably all going to be disgusting. Uh, if you love drinking. pictures? Yes. If you love drinking but are tired of beverages that taste good and don't make you sick for days, then this oh, is... I'm so sick of that. <laughs> then this is... Yummy the, drinks that make me feel good. I hate that shit. Then this is the list for you. Pomodo and turpentine. Mmm. <laughs> <laughs> well, big two Number 10. Prairie Fire. One part tequila or whiskey with one part Tabasco hot sauce, then add a sprinkle of pepper to taste. Oh my god. I hate myself. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> Give me another one. I hate myself for drinking it. <laughs> so, so there you go. There's that one. Number nine. Thank you, bartender. May I have another? Number nine. Liquid steak. Liquid steak? One part rum with one part Worcestershire sauce. Well, I can't deny that it's a liquid, but we're not positive it's going to taste like steak. If meat actually resembled this unholy combination, then the number of vegetarians out there would be much, much, much larger. You should have done some research and had these ready to go. So we can sample. I can do them. The only thing I don't have is uh, tomato juice. 
You oh. have some pasta sauce. I don't. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> it's vodka. It's vodka sauce. Oh, I'll throw the whole thing off. <laughs> Number eight. Alligator sperm. Alligator. Equal parts melon liqueur. Badass bartender right there. <laughs> Equal parts melon liqueur, pineapple juice, poured into a shot glass with a teaspoon of cream on top. <laughs> Who ordered that? Why'd they order that? Can a vegetarian drink alligator sperm? Not sure, but I'd be coming up with any excuse I could think of to not drink this green curdled concoction. Oh. Oh! Yummy! Number seven. Don't read ahead. You spoilers. Wait. I have to get it up here. Uh huh. <laughs> Number seven. Bloody tampon. Oh. <laughs> Mix two parts vodka with one part tomato juice. Suck on a paper napkin for 10 seconds before consuming. No. <laughs> the combination the, of... The shot itself just sounds fine. But. The combination of vodka and tomato juice is bad enough. And drying oh, your mouth out... Well, it's a screwdriver. No, uh, Bloody Mary, basically. Very basically. Yeah. Uh, and drying your mouth out with a napkin isn't going to help matters. Worst of all, the napkin only serves to drive home the vile mental image provided oh. by the shot's name and appearance. Oh. It's done yeah. in a uh, beaker. A beaker? Yeah, you know, the little cylindrical beaker. Not that beaker. You mean a graduated cylinder? No, the little with the rounded end and everything. Erlenmeyer flask? Those aren't rounded ended, those are flat ended. This you is mean a test tube? Test yeah. tube, thank you. Is the napkin stuffed into the drink? No. Oh, no. You have to eat the napkin first to dry out your mouth. Why would you want to do that? It's part of the shot. Number six, cement mixer. Instructions, one part lime juice to one part Bailey's Irish cream. Okay, that's bad. Swish it around in your mouth before swallowing. No. This shot doubles as a chemistry lesson. Doesn't sound bad at first. Bailey's is good. Lime juice can't have much of an effect on the taste, right? Well, the taste is child, but the juice curdles the Bailey's, giving it the consistency of, well, wet cement. Oh. Cement that you have to mix around in your mouth before forcing it down your throat. Your throat? Yeah, your throat. Throat? Your trout. Your trout. <laughs> you force it down a trout. <laughs> you force it down Then you swallow the trout. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Which may be preferable to taking a drink yourself. Oh, it tastes so fishy. Bah! <laughs> Five. The Prairie Oyster. You had those at that restaurant. Technically, yes. Yeah. One part bourbon, then crack a raw egg into the glass and add a dash of Tabasco to taste. To taste? That's what it says. I'm about to stop you from tasting it. <laughs> the shots we've looked at so far have been disgusting but still drinkable. They're still good for a laugh, assuming you secretly hate your friends. But now we're looking at drinks that are designed solely to make you ill. Shots for you to buy your worst enemy. At best, a prairie oyster will make you vomit because there's no way you're holding down that unholy combination. At worst, your hangover is going to be accompanied by a case of salmonella. Yay. And it will take more than a couple aspirin to get rid of that. Technically, no, because the alcohol and the Tabasco will pretty much kill anything. But I don't think aspirin is going to cure salmonella. No. Here, take some more aspirin. That'll cure it. I still feel sick. Here, take some more aspirin. <laughs> drink this. These are chewable. Drink this with it. What is that? Vodka. It's great. Four. It's <laughs> Ew. Four. The Eggermeister. One part Jägermeister, 
into a tall glass, then add a pickled egg. Drink, but chew the egg before swallowing. Yes, please. Otherwise, you just end up dying from suffocation. Suffocation. So, <laughs> pickled eggs are gross at the best of times. Nope, I actually like pickled eggs. And being forced to hold a shot of Jägermeister in your mouth while you eat the egg isn't going to enhance its taste. Plus, this shot sounds like a serious it's choking hazard. going to enhance its taste, all right. Yeah. Sounds like a serious choking hazard, assuming you don't immediately gag and cough out the nasty combo. Three, the infected whitehead. Ugh. Mix one part vodka. Do I have to be here for the Makes us record a bunch of ease. Mix one part vodka mixed with Bloody Mary mix, then add a spoonful of cottage cheese. Oh. This thing just looks so horrible. I mean, it really does. It's disgusting looking. I'm not even going to talk about that one. That's You got to hear that. That's it. Number two, the tapeworm. One part vodka with one part Tabasco sauce. No. Well, I mean, yes, because there is hot pepper vodkas out there now, so fine. Sprinkle with pepper, all right, and then a warm dollop of mayonnaise. Oh. Warm? It's rarely a good idea to consume something named after an intestinal parasite, and this shot is no exception. We think, honestly, what that... What bars are offering these? Anybody, if you tell them how to make it. So the bartender's going to have warm mayo behind the bar there? <laughs> Might. Oh, shit, yeah, I got some right here. <laughs> I mean, why do you have that back there? Just in case you ordered that shit. <laughs> Somebody ordered a like, sandwich they didn't eat it. I like to watch people drink them. <laughs> it's amusing. Then I watch Carla go and clean it up. <laughs> the New Jersey Turnpike. This is a menu from Scruffy's Bar. Yeah. It's pureed Salisbury steak and rum. We call this the beef stroganoff. It's beef stroganoff and rum. And a dash of Tabasco. Uh, New Jersey Turnpike. Instruction. Take your local bar. Oh, yeah, I know this one. I've actually done this one. Not the bar rag, though. Take your local bar's bar mat and bar rag. Squeeze your contents into a shot glass. Shot goes by many names, but considering how unsanitary it is, the reference to New Jersey seems most appropriate. I've actually done this just the bar mat. Because, I mean, yuck. I don't want the bar rag that's been wiping up tables and stuff. Uh, it's like it's like opening a Christmas present, except with a lot more vomiting and stomach pumps. Well, I didn't vomit, and I got $100 for it. So there you go. The top 10. That was number one? Yeah, that was number one. I don't know. I think New, some of that were... New Jersey Turnpike. I don't know. If you know what's been going into it. The well, if they've been making those other shots, then... Well, that's true. It's cheese in it. Is that a peanut? It's like cheese in Worcestershire. Is that corn? What the hell? So that was the top 10 most disgusting alcoholic shots. So, uh, cue drunk music. That's uh, the music for Larry's Internet Quiz. Woo-hoo! Well, it's time for another Larry's Internet Quiz. What's the quiz today about? 
What percent argumentative are you? Get over with, Larry. <laughs> Bruce is in a hurry. Come on, let's Sorry. go. Right, it's 356. Come on, man. I gotta hurry up, man. You have four minutes to do eight quizzes. Come on, let's go. I only got three. Well, now you got three minutes. <laughs> so what percent argumentative... She's gonna get to storm us and Maggie. <laughs> All of it. Uh... We gotta get so. So, what's the point of arguments? To win, to come to the right, or a reasonable conclusion together, and finally agree? There is no point at all. No point. Yeah, no point arguing. To win. This is why we don't argue. (laughs) Do you think you'd make a great (laughs) politician? What is the quiz? I told you. What percent argumentative are you? Oh. Oh. (laughs) Oh. Do you think you'd make a great politician? Yes, absolutely. Maybe, but it's a thankless job that I wouldn't enjoy. I wouldn't be able to hand the stress. No, I get shit in my past. Yes, absolutely. When do you stop arguing? Never. When I've won, when it comes to a natural conclusion, or I know we're reaching a point where someone might cry as soon as I can. Hmm. Uh, it's like Mortal Kombat. I finish it as soon as I can. When I won. No, when you make somebody cry and you feel so good. About That's what I've won. <laughs> and then you feel really terrible afterwards. No, I don't. I feel amazing <laughs> afterwards. You're talking to a friend and they mention in passing a historical fact that is completely incorrect. Do you correct them? Yes. Yes. <laughs> then they won't make the mistake again in the future. Or no, it'll just make them feel bad and it isn't important to the conversation anyway. Yes! Yeah, just like somebody corrected me. Tokyo and Japan, they're all in the same place. Uh, yeah, I should know this by now. That's not how it's made. <laughs> if someone gets there, there, or there incorrect, do you point it out to them? Yes, it's basic grammar. Depends on the person and the context. I wouldn't bother in a private conversation. No, I know what they mean in spelling. Isn't that a point? Yes, it's basic grammar. You're having a debate. And your opponent points out something that makes your own viewpoint irrevocably untrue. What do you do? Kick their ass and fuck them on the way down. Shoot them in the head. I accept that they have the more sound viewpoint and concede. I try and find a way in which they're wrong. I change the subject. I make it personal. (laughs) You're ugly. (laughs) What does this have to do with the prices of salmon? (laughs) You're ugly and stupid. <laughs> You're ugly and don't know what fish is. You're just ironically right. Could you ever be with someone who had views on science that are radically different to yours? Absolutely not. Only if we never spoke about it. Yeah, how do you get along with people is more important. Absolutely not. What about religion? Doesn't have that one. Do you ever play devil's advocate just the sake of it? Well, yeah, that's <laughs> kind of what I do. <laughs> Yeah, yes, it's interesting because it shows how solid an argument it is. No, that's a horrible answer. I think he's arguing with the quiz now. I think he is, actually. That's kind if of someone, I think he's quit reading the questions answers. He's making up his own. <laughs> if someone does something shitty to you, do you confront them about it? Someone yes. Someone what? Someone does something shitty to you. Okay. Yes, it's better to get it all out in the open. Depends on how shitty the thing they did was. No, I'll just be wary of them or avoid them in the future. Yes! Better to get it all out in the open and tell them how shitty they are. Post it to Facebook. <laughs> so do you're you, a pain in the ass. Do you point out your partner's annoying habits? 
Only when they are particularly annoying. Only when I'm very angry at them. He's looking at you. Only to get back at my spouse for pointing out my flaws. Sometimes, but usually I'd rather not spoil everyone's mood. Yes, because it helps them remind them to stop doing it. Yes, because it helps them remind them to stop doing it. Oh my gosh. Stop eating my peanut butter. (laughs) You are 92% argumentative. No shit. You love to (laughs) You're like, yeah, I already knew this. You love to argue. Pointless quiz. (laughs) Hey, nobody said these were had a point. Yeah, I mean, come on. Pick which food you are. We'll tell you what house you're going to live in. Uh, you love to debate and argue, and you'll either you'll make either a fantastic politician or a great barrister. Am I British? You're headstrong. Yes, Larry, and, we didn't tell you that. You're, you're headstrong and inquisitive, <laughs> which what leads you yeah, exactly. to question everything you come across. Sometimes people misconstrue that as an opposition, but in truth, you're just curious. So I'm 92% argumentative. Eight percent asshole. <laughs> well, I'm only I'm fifty percent dickhead. Cue argumentative music. Ladies and gentlemen, it's time for news of the weird. That's weird, man. It's time for another news of the weird. Ooh, I don't know what happened there. So, uh, this is called, uh, What a Buzzkill, man. Oh, man, I hope this isn't about, like, harshing someone's high or something. I hate when Larry comes in and harshes my buzz. Oh, yes. When Larry comes in, everybody's buzz is harshed. When the hell did you get in here, man? I thought I locked the door. I have a key. What? Seriously? They gave you a key, man? Well, no. Oh, come on, man. All right, just shut up and sit there. Okay. Uh, let's see. What a buzzkill, man. Uh, a new book is out about unusual objects found inside of people who have either swallowed them, man, or inserted them into their rectums. Ooh, rectum insertions is my specialty. Ew. Come on, man. Get out of here. You're so creepy. But I like being here with you, Neil. You're the only one that I can handle. You know, being around without wanting to grab or something. Uh, I don't know how that makes me feel, man. Uh, so they had stuff in their butt or swallowed uh, over um, like uh, 100 different objects are sighted, man. Uh, Klaus, you creep me out. Uh, including uh, a Barbie doll in a Buzz Lightyear action figure. Wow, that's that's a big action figure, man. I think I could make it fit. Uh, it's it's not the kind of action that uh, Buzz was designed for, man. But it does explain why Barbie is sometimes stuck up. I mean, these jokes suck. Yeah, I don't understand what this is. These are supposed to be funny or something, and they really aren't. I don't know. I kind of like him. I mean, the whole Barbie thing. Her toes are very pointy, so I don't know if I would do that. But the Buzz Lightyear. Now that is a man. Uh, uh-huh. So I'll uh, come back next week, man. And maybe Klaus won't be here sir, for another news of the weird. Or what am I calling this, man? Oh, you creep me out. I completely lose my train of thought, Klaus. That's a point. Uh, Come back next week for more Neil's of the Weird. 
Bye. stuff I haven't had in a while. Oh, holy crap, no. Seriously? Seriously. Well, let me go get some glasses so we can all partake in the Zima! I wonder if it tastes like it used to. Or just tastes <laughs> like, like that's that. the whole idea of it. I understand that. No, it tastes completely new. <laughs> completely new formulas. <laughs> Yay! Just like you don't remember. <laughs> and considering this like came out when I was like 18, most people who got involved with it didn't remember. Got the fancy glasses. Ooh. Well, I don't have my, I can't find my little four ounces. You don't have a couple shot glasses and some cottage cheese? <laughs> Hi, Chris. Hey, Rizza. Hi, Larry. I can't remember. Is this twist off or pry off? Well, everything's pry off eventually. Twist. Twist off. It's twist. Look what we have, Marissa. Zima. Zima. Limited release. Oh, look, smoke even came out. Uh-oh. What year was that bottle of... Uh, this is the redo. The redo? Yeah, it came out last year? Something like that. Yeah. The fact that it was still on the shelves. Well, I hadn't seen it in a while, and then we just happened to be at the liquor store, and there it was. It's like, oh, good, because I thought I'd missed out on that. Refreshing citrus beverage. Well, we'll be the judge of that. It's foamy. Well, it's always been like that. Clear. Yeah. You remember when this came out originally? 92? I was thinking the early 90s. No, it's earlier than that. Really? It was in the 80s? Because I remember people were getting all excited about it. Oh, Zima, Zima, Zima. Like, you can't go buy it. I don't know why are you so excited. I thought it was later than that. It was in the 90s. Yeah, since it was introduced in 1993. Really? That late, huh? It was marketed as an alternative to beer, an example of what is now often referred to as a cooler, with 47 to 5.4% alcohol by volume. Its production in the United States seized in October. Ceased. Seized. It may have been seized. <laughs> C E A S E D. Caesar. Whatever, go on. In October 2008. But the product is still marketed. 2008? Lasted that long? Yeah. But the product is still marketed in Japan. On June. Also, it's never stopped production. June 2nd, 2017, Miller Coors announced a limited release of Zima for the U.S. market. Oh, we made too much. The Japanese never like that. Oh, it's, they it's like weird. they like really funky citrus and sweet stuff. So apparently, give me the smell test. Here. All right. Well, yeah. Yep, it smells. <laughs> it smells exactly as I remember it. Kind of smells like white wine. Mm-hmm. With some fruity notes. <laughs> I like the woodsy smell. Mm, yeah, what is that? Is that the maple? <laughs> and then something that's similar to this is Smirnoff Ice. Is it just me or does it taste kind of flat? Not like no carbonation, but like no flavor. I mean, I get like a, white I get, wine with no bite. Yeah, I got like a little bit of citrus and then nothing. I remember it being different. 
It's like watered down Fresco. Yeah, I gonna, I, yeah, yeah say exactly. That. With alcohol. I remember having a stronger flavor. I do too. I remember it being more citrusy. More like... Of course, it's been a while. <laughs> a couple of years. Well, no, I'm sure I haven't had one since like 94. So I know I, know I didn't have any in the 2000s. I know I had one... Yeah, it had to be about 94, 90, 95. And then... Matter of fact, I, I actually think I like that better than I remember liking it. It is very white wine, though. Very white wine. Like Chardonnay or um, I mean, Riesling. You still, but you still can smell the, the citrus yeah, flavors to it. Yeah, it's very... It's subtle. But it's, it's, yeah, it's very subtle. I don't remember Zima being subtle. I remember Zima being like... Ugh, that, 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 that. It's like fruity. More, more tart? Yeah. Well, no, like more citrusy. More I mean, citrus. like, literally, like, think Sprite and then throw in some more citrus fruits. Like a white wine spritzer making mm-hmm. Sprite. Mm-hmm. This actually isn't, I mean, I'm, I'm not going to buy it. Just going to put that out there. I might have trouble. And it'd be hard to find now anyways. But even if it was continued to do, I know what it is. It's made to taste for the Japanese market. They shipped it over here because it's Zima, and they're like, oh, you know what, it's going to sell huge, and it did for a while when the re-release first came out, and then it just kind of disappeared. Maybe people were like, oh, yeah, I remember that, that's how it tasted, and they then they went, no, no way, no, no, it doesn't. Well, no, it's a limited release because they know it's just going to be a nostalgia thing. Exactly. They don't want to go back to drinking Zima. They, they might have. They might have. This was really big in the gay community. Were you really active in the gay community then? Um, No. But I did my research since I owned a brewery for a while there. So you were thinking about making Zima? Soda. No, but we were, the Naughty Soda has kind of got the same idea. So we truly looked back and see what was big. Dave was looking at wine coolers and things like that. And then he ran across Zima and he did all this research. And so a lot of our flavors were pointing towards the gay community. And of course, not anymore because he doesn't really do do naughty They're soda. They're pointing accusingly at the gay community. You sure. like fruity beverages. <laughs> you fruity people like fruity beverages. Yeah, but women like a lot of yeah fruity. Yeah, there was that too. It just happened to be one of the things he ran across that he was surprised by, and I just kind of stared at him for a minute. Really, you were surprised by that? Do you know what the word means? Uh, balls. Means not white wine. <laughs> that means winter. In Slavic and Polish languages. I wonder if that had anything to do with the actual naming, or they just said, "We need to come up with a name for this." Zima. So we might looked it up. Wait, it's going to be clear, right? And then it's going to be served cold, right? Yeah, let's call it Zima. This is what it means. So I mean, they usually do a pretty good amount of research. Every once in a while, something just comes out, but uh, usually they look into stuff like that. The lemon-lime drink Nashville. was part of the clear craze of the 1990s that produced products such as no. Crystal, Pepsi, no, and Tab Clear. The slogans used in... Tab the- Clear? I wish I'd come back. Tab Clear? Yeah. We could do it on the podcast. No. The slogans used in We haven't done a tab yet, have we? Yeah. Oh. Early advertisements for Zima I'm running a tab for a truly years. unique alcohol beverage and Zomit... <laughs> Zoman thing? No, something different. Oh, something different. I was like, what the hell is this? The Zoman thing? So the Zima Corporation became Zaxby's. (laughs) No, Zaxby's became, yes, something different. Would you like a salad? Yeah, no, I would not like a salad. Thank you very much. (laughs) No, I would like a 
Salad. You said something earlier that just this is going to hit. Uh, Zima, oh. Zima offered an alternative to the then successful wine cooler category, and it became a very popular. Coors spent fifty million marketing Zima in its first year, persuading nearly half American alcoholic drinkers to try it. Magazine. Half the alcoholic drinkers in America tried Zima. Yeah. Reported that Zima's peak in nineteen ninety four. 1.2 million barrels of the beverage were sold. Originally popular among young women, Coors made its first attempt at attracting young men to the brand in 1995 by marketing Zima Gold, an amber-colored beverage that, that promised a taste of bourbon. The drink was unpopular and disappeared from store shelves. Mmm, fruity bourbon. Year. I actually tried it. It was horrible. You said how many barrels? 1.2 million barrels of the beverage were sold. So 39,720,000 gallons of Zima. That sounds like a lot. Yeah. How many bottles is that? Uh, let's see. There's 128 ounces in a gallon. There's... What was that? He got it right. My phone. Uh, there is 12 ounces in this bottle. And every time he answers it correctly, he gets a pleasing sound. <laughs> okay. Pavlov's Larry. Pavlov's <laughs> Larry. It's interesting. The Chicago Tribune reported that the distributors were asked to stock caffeinated, stop. <laughs> caffeinated alcoholic beverage sparks on retail shelves to make up for Zima's absence. 25,000 or 30,000? No, that's, gotta, that's, not, that's not right. It's a lot. You want to know for your shelf? Uh, no. Okay, then I'll put it on my shelf. Okay. This is the Zima we reviewed. It goes on the shelf of memories. The shelf of disgust. Well, that huh? wasn't nearly as bad as I remember. No, I remember it being a lot worse. A lot more pungent. No, well, I mean, a lot more citrus. I mean, a lot more. I will say, I do remember the gold being um, incredibly horrible. It tastes like Zima and wood. <laughs> because they didn't do the Green right... oak. Yeah, they didn't do the right job of aging it in the barrels properly. They probably didn't age it in the barrels. They probably just didn't like liquid smoke. No, it wasn't smoky. It was wood. So it was liquid wood. It was probably wood chips that were just thrown in there with just a little bit of a char on them or something. Well, thanks, Chris. That was a... Uh, thank you. That was a... Vomitous blowback. I'm gonna go grab myself a uh, alligator sperm and wash that out of my mouth. Yes, great. Good work. <laughs> you go to the other side of the glass, please. <laughs> uh, and cue 90s music. Five years of losing, so let's keep it going. Got a streak. Yeah, yeah. yeah right. Like, like the one in my my underwear. Yeah. Okay. Hey. Hey. 
Did you hear the music? What music? The music before Mysteries of the Unexplained. This is the scary bit. <laughs> Talking to Larry? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it's time to do another Mysteries of the Unexplained. I'm scared. you got to make believe we like Larry. Yeah, thanks. Uh, I like him though. So, so yes, yeah, yeah, no, like you're just you. good at make believe. Yeah. All right. So let me hit my random number generator here. Let's find out what page we're gonna turn to. One. Uh, you're running a different page. Well, let's see what number page number one is. Let me guess what it says. Mister Zodiac explain. No, actually, it's a picture. Well, where does it? Where does the numbers begin? Five. Five, okay, so that's four. Uh, no, four. That's so four, three, two, one. What is this? Is this? <laughs> What'd I say? Sunburst. All right, so let's... That was a quick one. Let's oh, try music. Thank you. Let's try again. 213. So, 211, 213. And this is... Heels of the weird. Heels of the weird. Uh, unidentified flying objects is... UFO. Yes, is what this falls under. <laughs> All right, I'm going to do this one about this guy named Nicholas Rorick. Rorick? Hi, I'm Mr. Rorick. I'll be your host. Welcome. The plane, the plane. In his travel diary of 1926... He found an island that was full of fantasies. <laughs> Nick, Nicholas Rorick, a well-known artist and explorer, told of a strange sighting in northern China... Heard about that. The travel agent usually warns you. On August 5th, something remarkable. We were in our camp in the Kukunor district, not far from the Humboldt chain. In the morning, about half past nine, some of our caravaneers noticed a remarkably big black eagle flying above us. Seven of us began to watch this unusual bird. At the same moment, another of our caravaners remarked, there's something far above the bird. And he shouted in astonishment. We all saw in a direction from north to south something big and shiny reflecting in the sun. It's big and shiny. Ooh, like a huge oval moving at great speed. Crossing our camp, the thing changed in its direction from south to southwest. And we saw how it disappeared in the intense blue sky. We even had time to take our field glasses and saw quite distinctly an oval form with a shiny surface, one side of which was brilliant from the sun. Nicholas Rorick, a little side was boxes. That was a box of rocks. Himalayas, a travel diary, page three sixty one to sixty two. So basically, Nicholas Rorick was a Russian landscape painter and archaeologist who traveled widely. In India and Asia, so in Asia, from 1923 until 1928, New York City's Rorick Museum houses several hundred of his paintings. Wow. So a guy who... So a famous painter. A famous artist. Saw, uh, uh, saw a flying saucer, supposedly. A mysterious flying object in the sky. Yet he did not leave us a photo or a picture. Or a painting. He should have made a painting. Yeah. He needs to make a painting. Why didn't he make a painting? Why? I don't know. Because it was moving too fast. Let me get the the sky, get the ground, and... All right, there it is. Oh, big black bird. Like paintings, you know, painters are always looking for inspiration. 
Like, oh, I saw the most miraculous thing in the sky today. Oh, did you do a painting of it? That never occurred to me. <laughs> no. It's kind of dull, really. One side was really shiny. I'm, I'm all out of brilliant paint. <laughs> so, yeah, the guy actually looks a little Chinese. Again. He looks a little Chinese. A little bit, yeah. Is it the Fu Manchu thing going on? No, there? he's got the little the slanty eyes. That's all I can He's got Chinese eyes and the Fu Manchu. Oh, like Pete Townsend. No, he's got Betty Davis eyes. <laughs> Why would he have Betty Davis eyes? It's Kim Carnes. <laughs> She's got Betty Davis eyes? Yes. Oh, That's horrible. That is. So, so there we go. A Russian artist found a flying saucer. But never painted it. But never Didn't painted paint it. it. So that's not his painting of it, is it? No, that is the crew of a British steamer saw a huge illuminated wheel. Ooh. Mm. It's the wheel of time. It just goes round and round. Well, that's Albert telling you to shut up. There's <laughs> my phone. Look at that. Albert Roberts updated your status. Shut the fuck up, Larry. <laughs> okay, so cue mysterious music. Folks, I hope you enjoyed it. It's kind of a nod back to our wackier, goofier days. I mean, come on, Zima. Woo. So, uh, for Chris, Harvey, Marissa, in parentheses, Neil, Klaus, and everybody else, I'm Larry saying, wow, Zima. Now we just need Zima gold. Woo. Great Salisbury steak and drum. <laughs> this episode of TV Now the podcast has been brought to you by Shaking Dave's Cold Brew. I know you love coffee. I also really love those iced coffees, Pansy. Well, I got something better, damn it. Shiggy Dave's Cold Brew Coffee. He's got several flavors like Psycho Cinnamon Stick, Caramel Macchiato, Nitrogenated Black Coffee, Pumpkin Spice, Hazelnut, and, and I don't know, I think it was Coconut, and uh, more. Go by Gigabytes Cafe or Naughty Soda Brewery to get yourself some. Shiggy Dave's Cold Brew, it's here for you. Drink some! Ah! Ha, 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 ha.